Story of Tom and Willie From Scottish Fairy and Folk Tales by Sir George Douglas Bart Read by David White Tom and Willie, two young fishermates of Luna and Shetland were rivals for the hands of the fair Oslam, daughter of Yarn. Now it so happened that one October afternoon they took their handlines and went out fishing together in their boat. Towards dusk the wind rose and soon it blew so hard as to compel the young men to run for the nearest shelter, a haven in the islet of Linga and Walsey Sound, which they happily reached in safety. The islet was uninhabited and the fishermen had with them neither food nor the means of kindling a fire. They had, however, a roof over their heads, for there was a hut or lodge on the island, used by fishermen in the fair season, but deserted since the close of that period. For two days the storm raged without ceasing, and at last the situation of the castaways began to grow very serious. However, on the morning of the third day, a little before daybreak, Willie, who was awake before his companion, discovered that the weather had fared, and the wind blew in a favouring direction. Upon this, without rousing Tom, he proceeded to the boat, which lay safely hauled up upon the shore, and by dint of great exertion managed to launch her single-handed. Meantime, Tom had awoke, and at last, as Willie did not come back, he followed him to the noost, or place where the boats were drawn up. And here a sight met his view, which filled him with dismay. The yawl had disappeared from her place, but rising his eyes, he saw she was already far out at sea and speeding before the breeze in the direction of Luna. At this sight, poor Tom gave way to despair. He realised his comrade had basely and heartlessly deserted him. He knew that it was not likely that the islet would be visited until the fishing season should have come round again, and he had small hopes of help from any exertions on his behalf which might be made by his friends, seeing that they would be in ignorance where to look for him. Amid melancholy thoughts and forebodings, the day passed slowly, and at nightfall he betook himself to a shakedown of straw within the lodge. Darkness closed in and he slept. But towards the small hours of the morning, he was suddenly awakened, when great was his astonishment to see that the hut was lighted up with strange illuminations, whilst a queer and human hum and chattered, accompanied by the patter of many pairs of tiny little feet and the jingle of gold and silver vessels, smote upon his ear. A fairy banquet was in fact in course of preparation in the lodge. Tom raised himself noiselessly upon his elbow and watched the proceedings. With infinite bustle and clatter, the table was at last laid. Then they entered a party of trows, who bore between them in a chair, or litter, a female fairy, to whom all appeared to pay honour. The company took seats, and the banquet was on the point of commencing, when in a moment the scene of festivity was changed to one of wild alarm and confusion. A moment more, and Tom learned to his cost the cause of the sudden change. The presence of a human being had been detected, and at a word from their queen, the grey people swarming together were about to rush upon the intruder. But in this trying juncture, Tom did not lose his presence of mind. His loaded fowling piece lay by his side, 
and as the fairies rushed upon him, he raised it to his shoulder and fired. In an instant, the light was extinguished, and all was darkness, silence, and solitude. Let us now return to the perfidious Willie. Reaching Luna in safety, he related a tragic tale, which he had invented on the voyage, to account for the absence of his comrade. And finding that his story was believed, he began anew, without much loss of time, to urge his suit with the fair Osla. Her father Jan regarded him with favour, but the maiden herself turned a deaf ear to all his entreaties. She felt that she could not love him, and besides, she was haunted by suspicion that Tom, in whose welfare she felt a tender interest, had been a victim of foul play. Pressure was, however, put upon her, and in spite of her objections, an early day was fixed for the wedding. The poor girl was in great distress. However, one night, when she had cried herself to sleep, she dreamed a dream, the result of which was that the next morning she proceeded to the house of Tom's parents and begged them to join her in search for their missing son. This notwithstanding their love for him, they were somewhat reluctant to do, arguing that even supposing him to have been abandoned, as she divined, upon one of the rockly islets on the coast, he must ere now have perished from exposure and starvation. But the girl persisted in her entreaties, which at last prevailed. A boat was manned and, by Osla's directions, was steered towards Linga, upon approaching which, sure enough, as the girl had predicted, it was discovered that the islet had a human tenant. Tom met his friends on the beach, and when the first eager greetings had passed, surprise was expressed at the freshness and robustness of his appearance. But this surprise increased tenfold when, in recounting his adventures, he explained that during the latter days of his isolation, he had supported his life upon the remains of the scarcely tasted fairy banquet, adding that never in his life before had he fared so delicately. On their return to Luna, the party were received with rejoicings, and it is scarcely necessary to add that Tom and Osla were soon made man and wife. From that time forward, Willie prospered no more. The loss of his health and fortune followed that of his good name, and he sank year long into an early and unregretted grave. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that tells the tales of the past with the technology of today. Our aim is to make the compiling and sharing of folktales accessible through digital streams. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, send us an email at info at folklorescotland.com. You can also check out all of our social media links in the show notes. If you would like to support the work we do, we have now launched a coffee page where you can make a small contribution that will go a long way in helping us carry out the work we do. The link is in the show notes.